This is the Digital Dish. This podcast is hosted by Julia Frazier and Michael Vick, two veteran tech coaches. Listen to us unpack digital trends, dissect favorite tools, and ponder over new ideas and their impact in today's classroom. We love Google, efficiency, and sharing information. Stay tuned for the bantering, the debating, and the discovering of technology in your classroom and beyond. Hey everyone, here I am, Michael and... Julia. And we are here talking to you from my house. Oh wait, the name of the program is... The The Digital Digital Dish. Dish. So rude, I thought you were going to forget that. It's very important. I kind of... I was thinking about it the whole time. Like it was right (laughs) there and I'm like, how am I going to get into this? And wow. then I just, I mean, because you, you heard, it's like, in the name of the program, like, that's kind of lame. <laughs> I, did it, I did it anyway. We're coming from Michael's kitchen. No, this is like the... Well, the dining nook. The dining area. The dining area. This is where we eat. Well, actually, we hardly ever eat here, but this is where things get eaten sometimes. So they occasionally have a meal in this spot. <laughs> and yeah. it is, we're coming off of the week of Thanksgiving break. Did you have a good break? I did. Had a great break. Spent a lot of time with the kiddos. Yeah. Went on a little two-day mini trip down to Houston, Texas. No. Fun. That was neat. Just me and my dad and my brother. Oh, that's fun. That's a good little trip. Did you go anywhere? Did you do anything? It was our year to do Thanksgiving in Austin with my family, so it was... You do the traditional turkey all the sides. Yeah, turkey all the sides. My sister hosted for the first time, so she and her husband made the turkey... And made mashed potatoes. Just like regular turkey in the oven. Yes, it was very good. And then we brought over a bunch of side dishes. And then my best friend actually lives like three streets away from my sister. So she came over with her husband and their daughter. And then the following night, the we had a very competitive game night where Dan- Yes. Where Daniel, her husband, my best friend Allie's husband, and Sean said we weren't allowed to be on a team together. They both said we will only play this game if you and Allie What's are not the game? on a team. We were playing Code Names. Have you ever played it? Uh-uh. So Code Names is a really fun game. Is it appropriate? Yes. Okay. It's appropriate. You get <laughs> you create a grid of words and you sit across from your partner and two people are the code giver and one and your partner is the the code decipher. So if you and I were playing against each other. We would both be code givers trying to get our partners to guess the words that you have. This sounds fun. So you do it at the same time? No, you take turns. You take turns. But you have to like not get them to guess like the secret word that would blow up the board and all this kind of stuff. So you oh. have to give a one-word clue for them to guess as many words, words as possible that are on the board. Just to get you to. ready for next week's week of code <laughs> yes no and anyway daniel and, and sean said we you guys are we're not playing if you two are partners because you know, they, i think i think just knowing cheat. knowing you and how you have these secret secret language with certain people i totally i'm on sean's side here you're probably right it was probably for the best so <laughs> daniel and i were partners and sean and Allie were partners but yeah it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun cool but you mentioned something just off the top we should probably bring up is that next week mm-hmm. is National Hour of Code Week. So is it week of code or week of hour of code? It is any time during that week you are encouraged for your students to participate in coding for an hour. Cool. Okay. So you can do lots of different things with the coding. I know that I, if you follow me on Twitter, 
at jsolnickfraser. I tweeted a really helpful s'more that has a lot of different ways that you can get started, some helpful resources. Casey Bell has a lot of helpful resources on getting started with the Hour of Code. Can I tell you a secret? What? I do follow you on Twitter. Did you see my s'more? I saw the s'more. <laughs> and I took, and so I haven't really done a whole lot with your s'more, but I do have it like ready because I'm going to send an email out to all my teachers saying, hey, this is Hour of Code, and you put a nice little description there. I did. I'm going to totally steal that description. Oh, no. He's stealing my description. I'm going to do that. Well, it's not stealing out. I'm telling you. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and you did technically put it out on Twitter for I people did. to take, I'm sure. So <laughs> I did. I did. I did just paint myself into that quarter. Yeah. You may have it. Okay. But you... I wasn't asking. <laughs> You're going to take it anyway. You can really do a lot of cool things with coding. Coding really promotes critical thinking and problem solving. And it's really important that we get people involved in code, children involved in code, because it is one of the greatest high, areas high need, yeah. of need for future job employment. And, you know, it's like one of those things where the people that hire people don't really know anything about it. And so mm -hmm. if you know something about it, then you have a pretty big leg up. Yes. So yes, actually to this morning, I, for about 30 minutes, I coded an Ollie. Ooh. Yeah. I used a Sphero EDU so mm -hmm. I could code an Ollie to go through a maze, that's, which I also laid down. Let me tell you, laying down an entire, or actually it was like seven mazes because the kids are going to do like this gaming thing in this mm -hmm. tech apps class. My, my thighs were really sore <laughs> the next day. <laughs> Did some putting, coding squats. Putting all that tape down to make those mazes. Oh my, I, and I didn't even think about it. You know, like you're at work, you don't really like, not working out like you're at work yeah. and then the next day i'm like god i'm so sore what did i do yesterday and it dawned on me oh you're yeah like, i put down that stupid tape for those stupid mazes setting up some coding <laughs> mazes oh man so you can do coding with robots like michael did you can do codings with programs like code.org or scratch there are tons of apps that teach you how to code or you can do unplugged coding lessons where you just instruct your kids with move through movement how to mm -hmm. code. Yeah. So there's lots of things that you can do to promote yeah. coding. And not all, like a lot of people are like, oh, coding robots are expensive. And there are for sure expensive robots out there. But not all of them are too bad. Yeah. There are some. And, and you know, like, if you're listening to this, then you're probably one of our districts. And our districts definitely have some robots for you to borrow. You just need to ask your tech coach, whoever yeah. that is. And uh, they can they can hook you up. Also, it's not hard to get grants for this stuff. There's tons mm -hmm. of stuff out there where they're trying to push this future ready initiative. Right. And it, if you want to make it happen, there's a lot of people willing to throw money and help you. Make Absolutely. That yep. We've got B-Bots and Codapillars and Spheros and Bloxleys. Bloxleys? Block. I don't know what that is. It's a little robot dude with a remote control. All right. He's pretty cute. Hold on. I got a list. We've got Ozobots, Ollies. Dick bots, which is new. Mm -hmm. Makey makeys. Like makey makeys. Oh, and merge cube. Ooh. That one's, one's kind of cool. Have you seen those? Yeah. Of those? Mm -hmm. those are neat. I like those. Those are cool. It's just like a little styrofoam-ish looking cube, but there's like an augmented reality thing you can do on it. Yeah, anyway, check it out. Google it. As always, check 
terms of service before you try to use them with your kiddos too. Is Merge Cube terms of service an issue? Is it really? Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Glad yep. I asked. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, you know, you know me. I wonder why. You can't talk to anybody. It's beyond me. That's I weird. haven't looked at their terms of service in a while. I wonder. Okay. Okay. We kind of are going to dive into the meat of our episode. We've been inspired by a couple of things happening on the Twitter sphere for today's episode. One of the things that I was inspired by was the 12 days of creativity, which if you go look at the hashtag 12 days of creativity, it was created by a couple of ADEs, which is an Apple distinguished educator. The one I follow is Morgan Cave, who's actually an ITS at another North Te Texas district. And so she and a team of her her colleagues kind of put together 12, th 12 days of creative projects that you can do using the iPad, specifically with numbers, keynote, and pages. So that's where my inspiration came from. What about you, Michael? So I've been doing, I've been tweeting every day, the 12 days of Twitter. And to be honest, I know there was a bottom like created by area, but I didn't never really look at it until like 20 minutes ago when I realized, <laughs> hey, maybe I should give credit to this. But yeah, it was created by somebody named Mickey Mueller. And I don't even know who that is, but they created this. And then it was an adapted by a lot of people. And then more adapted and then more adapted. <laughs> so like, I, all I know is that the other digital learning coaches in my district are using it. And so we're all kind of following the same little pattern. And every day, it's like a, it's just a chart where every day there's like something easy to do on Twitter. And honestly, like, I love these things. Like, I did the October Digital Citizenship Month thing, and I did something every day for digital citizenship. And I like that, because sometimes you get on Twitter, and you're like, I, I want to tweet, I want to be out there, I want to mm -hmm. increase my, my network, um, but I don't know what to do. Well, these, these are great ideas, you know, yes. to get you started, like little starter kits. And definitely a great way to help build your PLN, because they're like, ooh, that's cool retweet or follow that person and you can kind of get lost in a rabbit hole hey i don't follow that person who's that person follow oh yeah oh that's a cool idea yeah. <laughs> so with that in mind we are going to bring you the 12, 12 days, days of, of innovation. innovation hashtag we forgot the hashtag oh yeah hashtag <laughs> 12 days of innovation and we are coming at you with 12 ideas Mm -hmm. Some themed, some not. Some themed, some not. Yep, yep. exactly. Mm -hmm. To help encourage innovation in your classroom. Cool, yeah. So I'm going to start us off. I've got three different things. So day one, two, and three of innovation would be digital breakouts. Okay, Ooh. and there's a lot of different ways to do that. You know, some people have done physical breakouts, and that's our first one, just our physical, the traditional breakout, where there's like a, it's like a box with locks on it, and then you have to solve different puzzles, clues, do different tasks in order to get the code to unlock each lock, and then you get what's inside the box. I always explain it to, to teachers or kids who are not familiar as it being an escape room in your classroom. Yes. Did I, t I don't know if I ever told you, so like there was a, a fellow teacher like five years ago before breakouts were like a thing, maybe even like six or seven years ago now, where she's like, hey, did you hear about this new fangled idea? It's called an escape room in your classroom. And I was like, nah. 
That's <laughs> I didn't really think much of it. Like, I've got a, I've got, I'm working on a test today. <laughs> some, I don't know what I was doing, but like, I was something like that. And at the time I didn't really pay much attention to it. Now it's like a huge That's deal. A huge thing. Honestly, I should have like, you know, found the company, Breakout EDU, and invested a lot of money. Right. right I know. I remember Nancy Benton, one of my coworkers, my work wife, if you will. She was the one who told me about it, like the first year in this job. And I was kind of like the same thing, like... I've got other things to focus on and now they're huge. <laughs> yeah, it's a big deal. The physical breakout, I mean, there are physical limitations. It costs money and really because it costs money, you're only gonna have a limited amount. And if you buy cheap stuff, it's gonna break and there's a lot of different reasons. You gotta reset all the codes, it's, it's just, yeah. So you can do a breakout using Google Forms where each question has a response validation. You have to say this before you can move on to the next question. And that's how you break out of each one. You can make it lock theme or you can make it like an actual legit question they have to answer. And then what I've been doing lately is uh, breakouts in Canvas. So I know oh, not cool. everybody has a learning management system like Canvas, but in Canvas you can use this thing called modular requirements. So in a module you have different items, a quiz or a page or something, and they have to make a certain grade on the quiz or they have to mark the pages done. and a quiz doesn't necessarily have to be a quiz. It can be like a one question quiz, like what is the four digit answer? And then they have to go do something else like a, like a puzzle or like solve a clue or they can, e it doesn't even necessarily have to be digital. Like they could do something on paper and turn it into you and you find it, so, or they can, rec they can perform something for you as a group. And then, they, and then you just give them like a little slip of paper with the code on it. You That's know? awesome, yeah. So it's just making it work for you mm -hmm. and however, and it doesn't have to be like a set five or six or whatever. It could be three. Just have like a little mini breakout in your class and you can, you could do this to, with any content area. It's not content specific at all. If you are interested in finding any breakouts to try, digital breakouts, I know that Breakout EDU, which... A lot of their breakouts, you have to be a member and they, mm -hmm. they do cost money, but they do have some free digital breakouts on their site. Um, and they also have a digital breakout sandbox where people submit their own breakouts. Fair warning, they typically don't submit them with an answer document so that you know how to mm -hmm. solve the breakout. You just kind of have to figure it out yourself yeah. or just give it to the kids and say, have fun. <laughs> yes. You know, a lot of those are pre-written and it's tough because you really want to have a little more control over mm -hmm. what you want to make sure you're following the standards and you're where your kids are. Exactly. And so it might be a good idea to meet with somebody. The, mm -hmm. If it's your first time, it's going to be kind of daunting. It can, oh, to create one, definitely. Yeah. I know one of my coworkers, another coworker, Scott Jacobson, just shouting out people left and right here. Yeah. He makes a lot of digital breakouts for, for our team and for his teachers that we kind of check with our content facilitators, make sure that they're aligned with the content, and then farm them out to teachers that way. Yeah. In fact, you know, you mentioned Scott Jacobson and the way he does it, or I don't know if he always does it this way, is he puts his breakouts on a Google site. Yes. And so that's kind of our next innovation idea is to make a site. And so what he does is just has different clues on the site and he links it to some sort of puzzle or quiz or quiz or I keep saying puzzle or quiz, but really they're way out of the box mm -hmm. items. Like I, you know, another idea since we're on Google sites is they can always, you can always have your students off of digital breakouts for a second. You can have your students turn in a site as, as like something they created to show their learning. Mm -hmm, yeah, absolutely. And that's something a lot of teachers don't really ever think about. 
And the new Google Sites is so easy to use. Yes. And bonus, I don't know if you've noticed this or know this, bonus, it's just been made compatible to work with an iOS browser. So you can use it on an iPad now. You can create and a phone? I think so. You can create wow. them on a on a digital uh, so mobile device. So it's not an app, but it works legitimately mm-hmm. works on a browser now. On a phone or an iPad. Yes. Oh, that is that is that's big news. New, that's huge news. <laughs> <laughs> because for some schools that only have iPads as their device, you couldn't you couldn't create a new site. Yeah, it was a, it was a hindrance. You had to do ca- classic sites because classic sites you can edit on a computer. I'm sorry, on an iPad. So that's huge news. But is it good? Have you used it? Like, is it clunky or? I've dabbled. I'm sure it it's not as smooth as most. But I love with the new iOS update for the iPad. You don't have to use the apps anymore for Google Docs or oh. Google or Google Sites or Google Slides. None of them. Wow. You can do it all within the web browser. Oh. Now, if you have the app, it will force you into the app. So that means I lied to a teacher this morning. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So I did this thing on forms for her. I mean, not on forms, on Google Sheets. And I said, you need to make sure all your kids have the app downloaded. But apparently I lied. Well, they, you just need to make sure they're all on the latest iOS. Oh, okay. So their then I didn't lie. Okay, no. good job, yeah. me. Yeah, so you're okay. Okay, good. Um, which is really nice because in a shared environment, mm-hmm. especially with younger kids, having them log in and oh, out of the that's app... A, that's a great point. ...can be really daunting. But anyway, we kind of got off on a tangent there <laughs> about some Google products. But it can also help with your innovation. What other things do you think creating a Google site is useful for? I think, you know, a lot of teachers go straight to like a Google Slides presentation when the kids have to do something. And that's not always the best way to turn some, to mm-hmm. show their learning. Like a site, you it, it, part of their site is a presentation just to kind of get it started. And then they have like different items on the site to show their learning. Then it's just a, a great platform for doing that. It's, it's really easy to drag and drop. Yes. I mean, it's not hard to make a it, it's almost impossible to make a google, google site that looks ugly the you know the and the teachers at my school at my schools rather they uh, almost all of them have to use a google site to document their lead goals which is um, our evaluation system and what i'll always go in to meet with a teacher to create a google site who has never had one before using new google sites and we'll build it and I'll show them the, the basics, the, the basics mm-hmm. and show them how to add information. And they go, that's it? That was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> you, know, my, so. you know, my dad um, was a computer programmer. And I showed him one time, like, a Google site that I had made. It was, like, for UI. It was, it was when I was a teacher, right? And so I showed him how easy it was. And he was, like, upset. Because of all the classes and the learning he had to do to actually build sites <laughs> and learn how to code, like, learn how to use HTML coding, and it's like he was he was upset. <laughs> what this is nothing. Like, <laughs> how do you do this? And I'm like, well, you just do this. Ah! <laughs> so they really do. They make it so much easier for you. Definitely, ha- hands down, a million times easier than classic sites. So, yes. but I will say because I learned on classic sites. 
some of the language that I learned in classic sites, like as the page layout, um, just like the subheading, the side navigation, horizontal navigation, just the words that I learned in that helped me kind of understand it anyway. So even though classic site gets a bad rap, it's kind of like, um, you know, if you need to go lift 100 pounds, you go and practice by lifting 120 pounds. Like, <laughs> like I practice on this super difficult thing for no reason so that I can move into right? the Google sites. That's but, true. But that learning is still there because they still use some of that language. It's just now it's it's easier to navigate. Like, you could do it even if you didn't know. Right. If you didn't know what the horizontal navigation bar was, you could still make different pages and it creates the navigation bar for, for you. you. Like, little things like that. Yeah, check out. Don't feel like you've, if you've been burned by creating a site before, if you haven't looked into new Google Sites, it's... And I say new Google Sites, it's been out for a while now. Yeah, it's going to quickly become a classic. Yeah, <laughs> it's moving its way into classic. <laughs> days five, six, and seven for your 12 days of innovation have to do with creating with the iPad. So on day five, we encourage you to create something using Keynote. Shocker. Uh, don't be mean. I think many moons ago, many episodes ago, Michael asked me this or that Google Slides and or our keynote and I was kind of like tiptoeing around the issue. I'm, I'm throwing down the gauntlet now. It's hands down keynote for me every time. <laughs> you, can do more, you can do more with keynote. There's so much that you can do with keynote and something that a, a lot of our students have been doing recently is creating talking animations. Um, and so what they'll do is they will bring in a picture, drop the opacity down on the picture and outline it and then shade the picture using the line draw in Keynote. Then they will record audio explaining, like for example, in fifth grade, that um, each kid did one of the causes of the revolution, of the American Revolution. So each kid did a little snippet, and so they recorded what their cause was. Then you animate the line draw so that it looks like you're actually mm -hmm. drawing it, layer it with the audio so as the audio is playing the drawing is happening and export it as a movie and you've got like an animated movie clip that looks like you're drawing as you're talking and fifth graders are doing this yes that's pretty awesome and then the teacher combines them all into a big movie they turn them in and then she's got an animated drawing movie of the causes leading up to the American Revolution. That's pretty sweet. It's so cool. I, I went in and did it with a group of GT kids and they were fourth graders, I think. And one of the kids hates, hates art. Like he has a mental block about drawing and he loved this. He was like, I can draw now. I could do this all day long. So it really is very, it's a different way. And we talked a lot about the kids with, when you're doing, when you're watching the line draw and you're focusing in on watching a presentation with that line draw, you're also really listening to what's being said because you're watching and you're so intently focused on what's going on on the screen because you want to see what's the end product is that you're absorbing that information almost a little bit more deeply because it engages your visual and your audio. Yeah, I mean, we've all seen these. Like, yeah. I've, I've seen the little drawings while you're talking, and no, I totally get that. Mm -hmm. That is cool. Yeah, they, they what look... What a way to make learning come alive. I know. They look... For fourth graders. I know. They look really, 
really neat. And I think that... I have a fourth grader. Yeah. She can do it. She could. I wonder if she's asleep. I'm going to do it. We're going to pause this to do a quick uh, tech break. No. Um, so try creating with an iPad. That's um, with Keynote, rather. That's just one of my favorite things that I've seen recently. Some really great stuff. I'm going to Google Keynote advocates and see if there's like a certification you can do. <laughs> There's gotta be like a, I should be the number one keynote advocate. You should you should work for them. <laughs> I love it so much. But for day six, create something on the iPad and iMovie. So they can create students can create movies from scratch or they can create trailers. Trailers are really great little like already formatted, so all the kids have to do is drop in pictures or videos into the format you can google and find trailer storyboards that you can print out for the kids so that they have those so that they can plan out what they want their trailer to look like of course you can just create a regular iMovie and thank the iMovie powers that be the beginning of this year they finally added green screen onto the app so you don't need to use just a computer to create green screen videos you can do it on an iPad now. I knew that. Did you think, did you, think you were dropping some something on me? No, I didn't. I'm just dropping it for anybody who doesn't know. <laughs> I was going to say that, actually. <laughs> that was going to be my input to this part. <laughs> I railroaded it. <laughs> Have you used it yet? Is it pretty easy to use? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And we added a little video for it on our... You can't um, wear that shirt, though. Currently, Julia is wearing a green shirt. I am wearing a green shirt. I would just look like a floating disembodied head yep. if I made a green screen video. You know, and those trailers, even aside from students, when I was in the classroom and we went on a field trip, I would make little iMovie trailers of the field trip with the kids' pictures and send it to the parents, and they loved it. It was a huge, quick, easy... I would literally make them on the bus ride back from the field trip <laughs> and then have it for the end of the day to send And they to the had parents. no idea how easy it was. They just think they're like some super <laughs> oh, yeah. impressive movie they were producer. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I showed one of the parents even told me, I showed this to to one of um, my friends and they asked if my kids went to a fancy private school and I was like, no, public. And I was like, that's right. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's iMovie's great. And then last, kind of the new addition for day seven is try creating something with clips. So clips is... Is that really new? How new is it? Uh, it's new within the last couple, like last year. It was oh, new. really? Mm-hmm. Oh. So clips allows you to create literal video clips and combine them into a longer video. Kids love clips because... Of the animation options available within it they love the filters that you can put on the stickers the stickers everything's animated and moving the posters move so it's really dynamic and qu and and quick and it's quick to use so ha challenge your kids to create something with clips you know like a lot of kids even though there are definite, definite age restrictions to using Snapchat and Instagram. There are filters in there. And so if they're like hooked on that when they're not really supposed to be, Clips is a good like mm -hmm. outlet for that. Yes. You know, if they if they dig that, then they can use Clips and, and they can use it, you know, legally. Yeah. <laughs> Which is nice. <laughs> yeah. Days 8, 9, and 10, we would like to encourage your, you 
to have students collaborate to make a game using either Kahoot, Quizzes, or Quizlet. Right, and depending on how old your kiddos are, you can have them uh, make an account and then create their own game in it. Uh, most of the time they have to be 13 and up to do that. Mm -hmm. um, but even if not, you can create it live. Like you can have little mini groups, like you're the Kahoot group, you're the Quizzes group, you're the Quizlet group, and then you can create it you can have them turn, submit questions and then you can create it for them. Yeah, definitely anybody under the age of 13, you would want to do it that collaborative mention, a way that Michael mentioned. Yeah, yeah I mean, you could also, if you have a pair in your room, maybe they could have an account and mm -hmm. they can do some of the groups too, mm -hmm. something like that. The kids love seeing what they've created being used as part of the classroom learning. Yeah, and we all know, like we're teachers, sometimes, especially our first year, we learn so much when we create stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Let them do that. Let the kids yeah. do that learning too. Or And it's such great on-demand de on teachable moments. If a question is not interpreted the way that a child wants the question to be interpreted, talking to them about what wasn't clear here? What did you need to make more clear? How, Impromptu right. subtle English lesson. Yes, yes. Wow. Like how, how could we change this? to be to meet your intent more so talking about audience and intent he that i mean that hits a lot of the technology teaks in that yes. regard mm -hmm. what's number 11. number 11 is try digitizing a station mm -hmm. so elementary teachers i'm speaking to you right now because you're my world whoa we do up secondary to stations i'm just saying right now this particular thing i'm saying after this okay it's for elementary teachers okay go ahead elementary teachers <laughs> with your small groups and your guided reading and your guided math you always have a handful of stations going every day whether it be two or five and so digitizing those stations is super helpful how do middle and high school use stations well, you just have different concepts and you have them at different... St well, not even necessarily different, different concepts. So, like, uh, I could just think of an example that I use. So, like, in Matthew, sometimes you have to match the words with an equation with a graph. All, like, those three will go together. And so you could have, like, a different station where you have a graph and a word and they have to make up... What did I say? Graph and word. They have to make up the equation. So, okay. see, I wasn't intentionally trying to not include middle and high school. I just don't know what you guys do for stations. Right. And, then, <laughs> and, you can, and you can also do, like, levels, right? Like, you can have, like, uh, you know that you're going to have to have some kids go to this remediation station. And obviously, don't call it that. But And then you would have, like, your, you know, your on-level station. And then you have, like, an advanced thing. And you can let them choose. You can let them progress at, you know, accordingly, like, and if you digitize them, then you also have a chance to have m multiple people at different stations. It doesn't necessarily need to be divided evenly the way yes. that sometimes physical stations you're forced to do. Right. Another thing that I love about digital stations is it can be as simple as a kid taking a picture of the physical work that they did, right? Because a lot of times in math, you want them to use manipulatives or you want them to solve an equation or and you need to see that piece. Taking a picture of the physical work that they did and just adding an explanation over it. Explain their thinking. Like a meme? Yes. <laughs> an audio meme. No, um, adding adding that explanation, and that is so powerful. That's a fun station, a meme station. Make a, meme a meme station. station. Yeah. I should be an elementary school teacher. Yeah. No, I'd not be great at that. 
<laughs> so try digitizing a station and I'm sure that you can talk to someone if your tech coach or your facilitator or whatever you might have and they would love to help you digitize stations we're so thankful and grateful that in our district we've partnered with our content facilitators and we have digitized stations already in the curriculum so that's awesome good idea <laughs> and last but not least a great idea michael how are we going to bring in the 12th day of innovation so if you haven't tried it I highly recommend you do QR code scavenger hunts. Mm, they're so fun. It is a lot, a lot of fun. I mean, do, I don't, I'm sure there's a lot of ways to do it. The way I, I made a folder and I just had on one side of it a QR code that took you to the answer to whatever the question was on the right side of the page that you, whatever. And everybody has a QR reader. I mean, iPads have it in the camera. Phones have it in the camera. It's all there. I mean, and they love using it and... Even though it seems like it seems kind of gimmicky, it totally works. Oh yeah. So who cares? <laughs> yeah, my kids loved, and it wasn't really a scavenger hunt. We it was more like work around the room, where I would post yeah. math problems around the room, and they go around the room and solve them, and then check their answer with the QR code. Yeah. Or I used it one time on open house. It, they took their parents through a QR scavenger hunt of our classroom. Show your parents this. Show your parents that. Um, and that's how that's how they use their iPads and we kind of, they learned about what we did in our classroom. And then the QR scavenger hunt, if you're tying in learning and movement, mm -hmm. that's a double win because kids want to get up and move. They don't need to be sitting in their seats all day long. And this is a great way to get them up, get them moving, but they're still actively engaged in the learning process. Yeah. It's, it's really fun. And it's not difficult to do. I mean, there are QR code readers that are QR code generators. Mm -hmm. You can get an extension that makes a QR code for you really quick. And it's not, I mean, seriously, just go to apps and then extensions and search for QR generators. There's yes. about 527 of them. One of my favorite QR code generators is QR code monkey because it allows you to put a picture in the middle of the QR code to help you identify what the QR code is for. Is that a, an extension or is that? No, it's a website. Oh, okay. QR code monkey. monkey. Mm -hmm. That one's cool. I'm going to have to remember that one. Yeah. So that's a good one um, because sometimes I would print off QR codes and then I would not remember <laughs> what they were yeah. for. I have a favorite. I just seriously Google QR code <laughs> generator and I have one on my extension. I don't even know what it is. It says QR code generator, mm. the QR code generator. But to be honest, I don't really like it because you can't save it as a picture. So find something else. <laughs> and the QR codes can go to text. They can go to videos. They can go to websites. They can go to anything that you want. Audio. So yeah. um, definitely try that. Yeah, you can get super creative with that. It doesn't always have to be. Like what we both said was we did math, right? So we just had a math problem and it takes them to the answer. But you can have them scan the QR code and it'd be a, an audio clue to take you to the next one. Yep. You can combine this with what we started with today, which is breakouts. Yes. Yeah, you definitely can. Mm -hmm. And and you can do a, a breakout with QR codes. Yeah. Scavenger hunt breakout. Cool. So those are our 12 ideas that we're handing to you in audio form. Yes. If <laughs> an audio hand. If you try any of them out, make sure to tweet at us. I'm at J. Solnick Frazier. I'm at, I'm at Digital Vic. <laughs> and we'd love to see your creations. Um, feel free to holler at us. And we hope that you guys have a productive two weeks before the winter holiday. Two weeks. I guess, it, yeah, two yeah. weeks in one day.
two weeks for us. Yeah. yeah and one day, including and, uh, tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. So. Cool. Yeah. All right. Peace out, everybody. I want to mention that we, we both work for our respective school districts, but I work for Frisco ISD and Julia works for Louisville ISD. I just want to say that our thoughts and opinions do not necessarily reflect that of our school district that we work for. Now, they might agree with a lot of what we say, but just as a disclaimer, just want to say Our that. thoughts are our own. <laughs> it's our own. It's our own time, our own stuff that we're creating this way. Yes. Yes. Cool. So. So. And have a wonderful. Rest of 2019. Rest of 2019. Bye. Bye. <laughs>